Hey, hey there, business owner. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. This is our weekly episode, and I'm so happy you are here. Let's get started. Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Annette Walter. I am a business growth coach, operations strategist, and the CEO of two multi-million dollar companies. I help entrepreneurs like you that are growth-minded, purpose-driven, scale their businesses from point A to point B, really skip past that $5 million mark on their way to $10 million and beyond so that they can enjoy the life that they originally dreamed of when they started their business. They can set up businesses that operate without them, become saleable entities one day, and continue to be a curious learner and really scratch that entrepreneurial itch and build their empire. They love to listen to these podcasts just like you, and I've gotten so many questions around me and my story that we're going to have a little fun today. And what we're going to do is I am actually going to not have a guest today. I am going to spend this time sharing my story with you because, in fact, I've gotten so many questions and a lot of curiosity around how I got here, how I built the companies that I did, what I went through, and share some of my perspective and stories as um, I've grown throughout my career. So today, our guest is me, Annette Walter. And I'm a little nervous to be doing this, I have to admit. Nobody really likes to talk about themselves a lot, but there's a lot to my story and a lot of really great things to share for whatever stage you are in your business, whether it is a sparkle of an idea or you are at the tail end of your business thinking about the generational shift or selling uh, or pop- possibly looking for suitors or investors you know, to come in and, and help with different pieces of, of the entity. So I will start um, with giving you a little bit about my history and who I am. I was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, which is where I still live with my family. And uh, Baltimore, if you are not from this area, is a very, very close-knit town. And uh, I am so grateful for the friendships that I have and the friendships that my kids have with friends of ours that go so far back since our grade school days. So this is a place that is just very special to us and we're really excited that we live here and we we grow a family here. Um, I went to... Um, you know, all of my grade school and middle school and high school here. And then college took me to Florida to Rollins College, which is a small liberal arts school in Winter Park, Florida. I majored in business and Spanish because I wanted to go into international business. They didn't have an, a, an international business major at the time. So I felt like if I did the Spanish and business major, it would really put me on that path. And at that time, I was very interested in importing and exporting, how products moved in and out of the United States. I loved the uh, language barriers. I loved the curiosity about shipping things from here to there. 
Um, and, you know, fast forward a little bit into my, my uh, current company, one of my current companies, Timber Industries, and that's really what we are doing is we are shipping products all across and within the United States, um, not internationally. A lot of our pallets do go out on, 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 um, on, on our, pa- I mean, a lot of things do go out internationally, but that's not, you know, our actual area of expertise isn't in, in exporting or, or importing, but it did kind of take that evolution from where I had originally started out. So as I was finishing up college, um, it was senior year, and my dad said to me, Annette, you know, you get four years, I'll pay for four years, and you got to graduate with a job. That's the deal. So I was literally the senior in the career center that was looking at every single type of job opportunity and really trying to land a job after graduation. And I took a job with a bank that had a Southeast representation and their headquarters was out of Birmingham, Alabama. The bank at the time, their name was AmSouth Bank. Today, they are Regions Bank. And I took a job that started July 1st. So I graduated in May, July 1st, so a very short summer. Um, I took a job for their management training program in banking at the headquarters in Birmingham, Alabama. So I made my dad proud. I graduated with a job and came back to Baltimore for a really quick summer. And then July 1st, 1999, I moved by myself to Birmingham, Alabama, which is an even smaller town than Baltimore, okay? Talk about being an outsider in a small town. Um, if, you know, you didn't go to Mountain Brook High School or here you were from outside, it was, it was very hard to, to really break into a small town. So I, that's I, why I think I really always have a big appreciation for those that come into Baltimore, um, really trying to welcome them and make them feel as comfortable because I've been on the other side of that. Um, but I knew it was going to be short-lived. The management training program specialized in learning every single aspect of banking, commercial, consumer, trust, and operations. And we had the opportunity going through this specialized program that consisted of a class of only 30 people um, of working with their senior leadership uh, management team. So we would have cocktail parties. Um, we would go and be invited to the cocktail parties that they hosted, and we would do presentations for them at like you know the top of the tallest building in downtown Birmingham, in the big boardroom. And it's really when I got my taste of corporate world and uh, senior management and working with C-suite executives and understanding them. And the one thing that my dad had always said to me, and I'm going to try and get him on here for an interview um, in, in the near future because he is, he is an entrepreneur and he always has been, and I've learned so much from him. And the one thing that I remember him saying to me during that period when we were going through this management training program and in a lot of these, you know, fun, uh, environments with these banking executives, but also really stressful and overwhelming as, you know, as my first job is he said to me, Annette, you know, everybody is human and everyone wakes up in the morning and they put their pants on the same way every day, one pant leg at a time, just like you, 
They put their pants on the same way you do. They have the same things you do. So don't ever take that away. Don't ever think that, um, you know, that they're not human. And remember that you're human and that you have a, a lot more in common uh, and don't feel threatened or embarrassed or pressured. He's like, just be you. And he kind of really took that weight off of the overwhelming gap between the, the newbie, this trainee, this management trainee, and the C-suite. And it made it feel like it was just real. And I really gained a lot of experience because I met with a lot of the C-suite execs one-to-one. I really took them up on the offers to help and mentor me. And I simply asked, and that was very, very early on. I mean, this is like right out of college in my career. And I remember one woman, she was one of the one few women, I think there was only two women on the exec team at that time. And I remember her telling me all these tips on buying nylons and, you know, and her saying like, Annette, you, you know, just, you'd go and you buy like 10 pair, like, don't just buy one because one, the one will rip and you're going to need that extra pair in your purse. And remember this is banking back in 1999. So it was all about, uh, you know, the suits and the nylons, which was kind of dreadful at the time, but that's what we had to do because that was the dress code. So I just remember having these real conversations with um, these execs that really believed in us, really wanted to help us. And it was as simple as really carving out time, being a little brave, being a little courageous and asking for help. So at the end of the program, you had the option to go into any area of the bank you wanted to or to go and also to pick your geographic location. At the time, my mom had moved down to Celebration, Florida, and was living there with my brother. Uh, My parents had gone through a divorce that began in 1995, my senior year of high school. And um, she had recently just moved down to Florida. And she bought a house in Celebration, which was the Disney-owned community at the time. And I decided to take a position with AmSouth back in Orlando to be with my mom and brother, and I took it in mortgage banking. Um, The mortgage banking route was the way I wanted to go because I wanted to be involved with the consumer, but I didn't want to necessarily work in a bank branch. So I liked the client interaction, the customer service, um, but then I also liked the entrepreneurial side of mortgage banking. And at this time, again, 99, um, the bubble hadn't hit, okay? And AmSouth was doing all grade A paper anyway. It wasn't a lot of the subprime stuff. So a completely different compartment than the downturn of the economy. Um, but I'll get to that as I fast forward to my next move. Um, so I worked in Orlando and um, I had a wonderful manager at the time who believed in me and was a great um very flexible, very easy, very fun, very hardworking. And he was a mover and a shaker. I liked how he never was at his desk. He was always around town and networking and building his business and building his book and just a great manager to learn from. And what I did in Orlando as I was building my mortgage banking book, um, I loved the entrepreneurial side of the mortgage banking, that it was commission only, there wasn't a cap to my income, and I was really in control of what I could make and wanted to make. Um, So I spent a couple of years down there building a book and working for AmSouth Bank. And at this point, you know, you realize that 
the nylons get very hot in the middle of summer in August in Orlando. And one day I called my dad, who was still back in Baltimore, and I said, this isn't the place I want to raise a family. I miss home. I miss Baltimore. Come pick me up. I'm done. So in January of 2001, I drove back home to Baltimore with no job. Um, my former manager was completely uh, amazing, wished me the best of luck, said, you know, you're going to make great things happen and wished me well, uh, never gave me a hard time about anything. And that was really great to have that support and encouragement. So I appreciate him. I took the time when I moved back to Baltimore in January, 2001 to, to explore different industries. So I interviewed in different industries from pharmaceuticals to banking to, um, let's see, a couple of uh, M&A recruiting companies. And I ended up working with a gentleman um, that was with SunTrust. One of my best friends, Julie, her father was the head of SunTrust at the time and said, you know what, I just send your resume to my dad. He'll forward it to, you know, whomever in the company. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. That is so, 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 so helpful. So it landed in, um, in the hands of the Towson branch manager, Jimmy Yerman, and he had a book of business and no assistant, and I didn't have a book of business, and I was ready to be a marketing and sales assistant. So we started working together in 2001. The refinance boom hit. The refinance boom hit again. The refinance boom hit again. The refinance boom hit again. And we really worked our tails off from 2001 to 2005. And we became the power team, really. We worked so well together and really complemented each other well. We had a 10-year difference and different uh, friends at different stages, you know, in life that we were able to help and support and just different pockets of Baltimore that we were both from geographically that we had covered and just a really great synergy and a really great working team. So we built and grew a business and um, we became the top 1% of 1,800 loan officers in SunTrust and customer service and production and really had a great groove going. In 2004, I was getting married to my now husband of 16 years, Sean, who I dated in high school. I didn't tell you that part, but yes, we did date in high school. Um, and... I had told my partner, Jimmy, at the time that I was ready to spread my wings and get started and build my own book. And he said, you know what, Annette, you're not going anywhere. Let's just partner up. So we became one of the first mortgage teams to brand. A lot of real estate teams had branded and positioned their teams accordingly in the Jewish Times and the Towson Times and a lot of the local uh, publications, but no mortgage team had ever done it. So we did a back-to-back -back pose and branded our names together and really splashed it everywhere. And it was great. The branding worked and our business grew. And in 2006, uh, his brother came to us. His brother was in the title business. His brother came to us and asked us if we were ready to leave SunTrust and start our own business and partner up with him. This came on the tales of him reading the book, The Blue Ocean Strategy, which I don't know if you've read that book or not, but 
It speaks about uh, companies doing uh, things in business that are disruptive and different. So it takes, for example, Southwest Airlines, how they they brought uniquenesses and disrupted the airline industry. Cirque du Soleil did the circus different and disrupted and interrupted the circus industry. We wanted to do that with real estate. So um, Jimmy's brother grabbed his father, who was in the real estate brokerage and his team. He grabbed um, me and uh, his brother also had a partner, partner in the title company. And uh, in January of 2007, with no crystal ball, we opened our doors as the Strata Group, which was a full-service residential real estate firm, the umbrella company to um, various and uh, related entities. So we had a real estate brokerage, we had a mortgage company, a title company, homeowners insurance company, financial services, and strata law. So one of the big drivers of this was that it was a new type of concept. And when there was a new type of concept, people were very curious. We leased out 18,000 square feet off of Clarkview Road, which was a newly um, road that was being developed in the Baltimore area. And we designed the space per RESPA, which is the governing guidelines of the real estate world in, in Maryland and in the area. And I think that's national, actually. I can't remember now. Um, <clears throat> forgive me on that. But we really made sure that everything was completely by the book because it was a new concept. So we invested in um, a lot of great attorneys for the operating agreement and for the design of the business and the ownership structure of the business. And we were off and running. So 2007, we opened our doors with 35 people. And we grew that through the worst economic downturn ever. And uh, we sold in 2012 with 300 plus people, 17 locations, and 20 million plus in revenue. So in 2009, I had stepped over from the mortgage division to become the chief operating officer of the entire Strata Group. So we were really building the company and outgrowing it. We didn't have a franchise model. We didn't have an off-the-shelf product like business in a box here, open it, here's how it operates. We were literally building the infrastructure and everything about it, technology, sales, finance, and uh, the marketing of this engine of all of these six related companies. And I was the chief operating officer and the youngest only female partner, eight partners. Um, and I was the youngest only female at the time. I was 30 when we started that. So we had the ability to really grow a company. But the hardest thing, and one of the biggest lessons I've learned here, is that you never can plan for the storm and you never know how long the storm will last. And it is survival mode and learning mode and growing mode. And you have to dig deep into a type of perseverance that you really never knew existed in you. And keep on showing up, especially when people and your employees are fearful. And it's really hard to put on a strong face 
when you are scared, um, but you have to do it when, uh, when those around you that you are leading are feel fearful and scared. And we did so much to protect our people. We did not want to do pay cuts at all. We waited until that was like the last thing that was the option um, that we had to. There were sleepless nights. Um, there was a lot of game planning, then changing the game planning. There was a lot of building the structure and outgrowing it. People were coming to us because when it's not busy, people are willing to make a change and they really want to make a move and start their career and get repositioned. And we were the newest thing on the block. And we had an amazing culture. We had an amazing office set up. We had great people and we were making things happen. But it wasn't enough to really knock it out of the park. Um, partly and because real estate brokerage is a very low profit margin business. Um, it is the title company that really is the tail that wags the dog. And thankfully, um, our title company was very strong. Um, and it just is um, an interesting model. And when you have partners that are on different pages about things, whether it is, you know, how much money you put into the company or how much money you take out of the company, you really all have to be in full alignment to weather a storm like that. So we had, uh, we were in aggressive growth mode and we were also aggressively looking and talking to suitors to buy the company and behind the scenes. And ultimately we sold to Prudential. And then shortly after that, Prudential, um, add, they added us to their footprint in a play to sell to Berkshire Hathaway. So now in the Baltimore area, when you see the Berkshire Hathaway footprint, that is the footprint that we grew through 2007 to 2012. And, you know, it is, there are so many learning experiences that I have from that time in my life. Um, I was a different leader then than I am now. I was also a very new mom then at the time, and it was a completely different economy then. But what I can tell you is that it was still the same me. It was still the same tenacious, hardworking, focused, never give up person. And I'm so grateful for uh, my partners and the chapter and all of the people that worked with us to grow that and build that company because we really did do something great. We really did make a great thing happen. And I think one of the best lessons that I learned in that situation is um, that you really have to believe in yourself and trust yourself. And no matter how hard the situation is, you will figure it out and you will get, get through it and learn through it and grow through it and, and land on your feet. But it certainly doesn't feel like it when you're going through it. It's scary as anything. And uh, I also um, can say this humorously to my then business partners as well. I will never have a business partner again. <laughs> and I say that with a lot of love because, um, you know, when you have a business partner you really have to make sure that you fully, fully, fully align. And it is just almost impossible to have eight people fully align 
um, united on so many, so many fronts. And that was really what gave us our superpower to move through it. But then it also slowed us down in a lot of areas too. So um, that's what I've learned. I, I loved it at the time. I appreciate it at the time. But, uh, you know, I, it, it just becomes too tangled. And if I ever have a business partner again, I'm going to really, really, really think hard about that because it's... It's a deep, deep, deep relationship. It's a very deep relationship. And I think a lot of people, I've seen this often, business owners, you know, kind of just jump into partnerships together without really thinking it through and knowing until you're really in the thick of it, of how it is and what it is and and how people really um, grow in certain situations and show themselves in certain situations. So... Fast forward to uh, my next chapter. I had the chapter where well, I had the option to stay as a five-year earnout with the new entity or take my chips off the table. And at that time, Jameson was being born. Jameson's my second son. And I was literally signing the documents for the sale of the company in the hospital when he was born. He was born with a broken femur. And it was a very, very stressful time of my life because all of a sudden I went from working full time to being a mom to a 21-month-old and a little newborn with a broken femur with the fear that he might have osteogenesis imperfecta, which is brittle bone disease. So I'm selling the company and literally my partner's coming to like meet me at doctor's appointments just to sign documents in the lobby. And um, it was just really, really, really stressful. And I didn't know what I was going to do next. All of a sudden I was a stay-at-home mom with my professional confidence in the tank, feeling completely upside down in motherhood and lost, quite frankly. And... Um, we had uncovered a company to buy. And by we, I mean my business coach. I'd, I've always worked with a business coach and been a part of a mentorship leadership roundtable, like a peer-focused roundtable since 2009. And it saved me. It really, really saved me. So what had happened is in that group, I... Um, met a woman who was running a company named Timber Industries, and we would process her issues. She was left the company. Her father had an ill-timed death, and she had recently inherited the company. And really, I'd say this in her own words, had no willingness, want, or desire to run it. Um, It was a lot, you know, for someone. And so she was looking to sell it. So my business coach said to me, you know, you should look at buying Timber Industries. So I looked at Timber Industries for about a year and we actually, Sean quit his job and worked at Timber Industries for her for about, I'd say, uh, six months to really do our due diligence and understand if this was something that we wanted to buy. I looked at the clients, I looked at the business structure, I looked at all the softwares, I looked at all the equipment. And in March 13th, I acquired Timber Industries and we became one of the only and the largest 100% woman-owned national pallet distribution companies. And 
that was where the opportunity was. There weren't any women in the space. There wasn't a lot of minorities in the space at all. And the business structure really was cash flow management and sales. And with my operational experience and Sean having a prior history of working at Whiting Turner and then us doing some due diligence on the company, we took a leap and knew that this would be a foundational board for um, you know, for success and to really build the company that he and I had always envisioned. And that was back in 2013. <clears throat> in the midst of me doing due diligence and while we were doing that phase, I had a friend of mine who owned another real estate brokerage reach out to me on Facebook and say, Annette, you know, I need some operational help. Will you come coach me? And I said, okay, sure. He said, I I can't afford a chief operating officer. I really love what you did at Strata and I want you to come help me. And his name was Dave Cummings. He's been on the podcast. He's a couple episodes back if you want to hear his episode. And um, literally sat with him. He had one location. He was just at the point where he was going to be buying a building and opening up his second location downtown. And I sat with him and we looked at his calendar We looked at what he was doing, where he was delegating, where he wasn't delegating. I asked him questions like, why are you still walking checks physically to the bank? You know, who on your team can do this? Who's in front of you that we can work through? What are their skill sets? What are their highest and best use of their time? And through a tool that I use in my coaching called the Core Values Index, the CVI, um, we started to build his team and, and... get him out of the weeds. Next thing you know, he referred me to a title company law firm, and they referred me to a marketing company. They were, that person referred me to a restoration company. And before you know it on the back of a napkin, I'm designing the brand for I evolve consulting. And that name really stemmed from the process of being on that personal evolution Um, and you evolving, and also the purpose of when you evolve people on your team, when you grow people on your team, the company grows. When you grow people, companies grow. So the name came to me instantly, the logo came to me instantly, and all of a sudden, fast forward to 2013, I now have two companies. One is is growing organically, I'm the founder, it's my baby, And then the other one is this 80-year-old existing company that I had recently acquired, and I'm walking in to this male-dominated market. So talk about a kind of, you know, identity crisis. And still, my professional confidence was in the tank, upside down, all over the place, going through, you know, do I have to pick a company? Which one, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Like, now I have two companies, what do I do? Finally, I got to the point where I just said, you know what, I, I, I so enjoy both of these things. Timber is in growth mode, growing a team, and then really what fills my cup and my soul is the work that I do in helping entrepreneurs that are growth-minded scale their companies and have those aha moments to make a company that operates without them, to build those sellable entities, just like I'm doing at Timber Industries. So I'm the business coach that really lives the sleepless nights alongside my clients. Um, 
one rule of thumb for me, as I've always worked in a mastermind, in a peer advisory group, and with a business coach, I never hire a coach that hasn't owned, operated, built, sold, started businesses. Um, You know, the business in a box textbook coaches, they are great, but they just don't work for me personally. So, and I practice what I preach. So, I am literally implementing, researching. I have my trusted list of vetted resources that I take and share with my clients. Um, But I only really recommend and use those people that I use. And I think that it's really important to bring that to the table. And the work that I do with these entrepreneurs that have tipped past the million dollar mark and are have their eye on that $5 million mark and that $10 million mark and beyond in order to continue to be a curious learner and continue to build their entrepreneurial empire. It is invaluable. It is so powerful. And it's such intimate, high level, high touch work. And it works. It really, really works. So, um, so fast forward to 2013 and beyond, Timber Industries is now sitting at uh, the mark where we are in 2021. Timber Industries has grown. The team is now at six people and we have crossed over the $5 million mark. We've experienced multiple year-over-year growth, thankfully, which has landed us a place on the Inc. 5000 list, a spot on the Inc. 5000 list. And we are one of the top 50 woman-owned businesses in Maryland. And to complement our distribution side of Timber Industries, we uh, recently launched Division 6 install. So that's finish and carpentry and millwork. Uh, we have a full-time um, lead carpenter, Scott Swift, who does fantastic work. And we self-perform all of our work. And what we do is we pride ourselves on that work, on the quality of our team, and on the delivery of our services Um, and Sean's expertise at working with Whiting Turner. Uh, So the organizational piece of it, uh, the budgeting side of things, along with the quality of craftsmanship work is just our differentiator. And it works. Uh, We aren't going after the biggest jobs on the block. Um, We're going after the right jobs, the right jobs that we're a good fit for and where we know that we can really do that quality work and shine. And through a network of 1,500 mills across the United States, I can really get my hand on any type of wood product um, out there. And um, it's, a, it's a really great launch pad, and we are only getting started with timber industries. There are so many things in the pipeline that are coming down the pipe that are really um, building, building uh, for our future and our team's future. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, on the iEvolve side, the work that I've been doing with my business owners has been insane. I had one of my clients, we just looked at her January numbers and, you know, we looked at her January 2020 over her January 2021, a bottom line improvement of 148%. That's the type of work that I'm helping my clients do. 
Uh, and she, she didn't, she, she's doing it with freedom in her life and feeling less stressed and the ability to know where to go exactly in her business and who to hire next and how to hire and the right hire. And most recently, actually, I'd say it's been about three or four years, our entrepreneur evolution groups have been one of the most powerful things that we are doing at iEvolve because it's like-minded entrepreneurs that come together. Uh, My group actually meets bi-weekly, which there's no other group in the country that meets bi-weekly. Most of them are monthly. And uh, um, the format is really a uh, setup for um, a, an efficient check-in, an accountability, and a leadership development topic delivered um, by me personally. So the groups are really taking off. I encourage you. I have applications open right now for those groups. It is an application-only uh, type of um, interview process because the chemistry has to be great. And the entrepreneurs in the group have to be really ready in order to make sure that they show up for one another and it really elevates everyone in the group. Um, So that's been really, really great. The things that I believe in, the things that I teach, the things that I coach, the things that I'm building, all are intertwined. You know, we recently bought an office building in 2018 and one of my clients, actually a couple of my clients, uh, just bought office buildings too. So we are building the entrepreneurial wealth and the, their entrepreneurial empires as we are helping them. And they are building their companies and their teams. And that is powerful, powerful work. It's one thing to read about in a book. It's another thing to do it. And when you know you want to do it, and you don't have to do it alone, and you really can have some hand-holding around it, it is powerful work. So that's really kind of my career in a nutshell. Um, I feel like we're just getting started. I feel like there's a lot of great work to be done through both companies, and they will both evolve in many, many different ways. It really is exciting, and I'm grateful for our team. I'm grateful for our clients Um, And I'm grateful for Sean and working with my husband in Timber and for my family and my boys. I have two boys. They are nine and 10 at the moment. And um, I love the conversations, (coughs) excuse me, that I have with other parent CEOs and parent entrepreneurs out there that are, are working and making it happen. Uh, my young, my oldest actually has type one diabetes, so we have a lot of open conversations around being an entrepreneurial parent of a child with specific uh, needs and disabilities and demands, and it's a lot. And my heart really goes out to all of the parents out there that are in those challenging situations. We all worry about our kids. We all want the best for our kids. And when you're growing companies in an economy, when you're weathering things like COVID or downturns of markets, this is not easy work that we are doing. And that's why I believe in the power so much of surrounding yourself by like-minded entrepreneurs that are growth-minded and really that you feel surrounded and not alone in this work because it is that heavy and that hard. 
On the personal level, I love yoga. I love hiking. I love skiing with the boys. I love to play tennis and golf, really anything outdoorsy, anything with the family um, that is adventurous and fun and dirty and exciting is just really where I love to be. Um, anything outside with my my family really makes me so happy, and um, and that's just the best. Um, I love reading books, and I love listening to podcasts. And right now, I just finished Undaunted uh, by Kara Golden. She's uh, the founder of Hint, and they're rounding a hundred and fifty million um, company. She, if you haven't tried it. The hint water. It's delicious. You will love it. I love Blackberry. She'll be on the podcast late March. And uh, I just started the book Profit First because a lot of people are reading that around me. And I get a lot of questions about that in my coaching session. So I really want to study that and understand if that's a good model to follow. So I just started that one. I have a couple other ones like Traffic Funnels and um, atomic habits I haven't read yet, but I love everything business books. And I just love really kind of the great game of business is actually on my business list too right now as a business book. And from a podcast standpoint, I really love anything by Wondery or anything that's kind of mystery or unsolved mysteries. There's a lot of great podcasts out there that just, um, are great listens as you are outside walking the dog with a little dog named Sizzle, or uh, as you are uh, just you know doing the dishes and making lunches, or or just kind of driving wherever it is, I think there's always ways to stimulate your brain to be a constant learner, to be a curious a curious learner, and to, you know entrepreneurs they get bored in their business. And when you get bored in your business or bored with your team or you see your team getting bored with their position, that's when it's time to grow. And when you are plateauing or you're bored or you're feeling like you're stagnant, that's when you're not growing and that's when the time to grow is. So my morning routine always consists of reading pages out of a motivational book to get that brain going, get my mindset in the right speed so that I can show up for my family, I can show up for Sean, I can show up for my team, I can show up for my clients and for for everyone out there. And it's important. So that's a little bit about me. I'm sure there's some things that I missed along the way, but that's the backdrop. We are just getting started. The work that I do, I'm so proud of. It fills my cup. Uh, when you have those moments where your clients experience breakthrough moments um, or you solve a solution in their warehouse that you know is just protects the safety of people, you know, the, our work really touches everybody and it's powerful stuff. And, you know, the big why in why I do it is really, uh, for the boys and for my kids and, uh, you know, especially for, for the challenges that we have as it all relates to the type one diabetes and, and the path that we are on with that, because that's a lot. So, Um, I'm so grateful for this audience. I'm so grateful for this podcast. The podcast has been so much fun to do and the interviews have been so powerful 
And the feedback that I hear, when I hear someone say, Annette, I listened to that podcast the other day and I could so relate to what you were saying and what the person you interviewed said, and I took it right to my business and it made a difference. So they, it's, the purpose of this is to give you a pep in your step, to give you that little pep talk, to not feel alone, to know that the things that go through your head are nine times out of 10, the things that go through other people's head. And the faster that you can work through those things are the faster that you're going to grow as a person. And when you continue to grow, others around you will grow too. And good things really happen. You are working towards what you deserve in life and what you're craving in life. And you need to make it fun along the way. You need to make it fun and have fun and don't lose sight of the fun because it can get heavy and it can get stressful. And it does. And that's just all part of it. It's real. So make sure you reach out. Make sure you let me know um, if you liked this episode today. Thanks for asking for it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being curious about me and my life. And let me know how I can help you more. The more feedback you give me, the more I can give you, the more I can help you elevate and evolve. And I just am, I'm, I'm beyond proud of you and I am beyond here for you. So keep on showing up entrepreneur, drop a review, drop a five star, um, hit subscribe. I'll drop my next episode on Friday, which is a five minute tip. And, um, we'll see you next time on the entrepreneur evolution. Thanks so much for being here today. Wow. What an episode. Did you learn something new? I hope so. I am so happy you were able to be here with us today. I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a review and I will be sure to read it and respond to you. Also, if you'd like to email me, my email address is urock at iEvolveConsulting.com. Hit subscribe and every Tuesday you'll get notification when the next episode drops. We really have some amazing interviews and tips in the future. Anything you need, I'm here for you. I want you to keep your momentum. I want to help you stay accountable. I want you to stay inspired. I want you to evolve. So please let me know what you need and I'd love to hear from you. Take care until next time.